everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 159. This is our tips, tricks, tools, and resources roundup for marketers. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, really good. And what a great night. It's a good night, isn't it? It's the first time we've recorded on a Monday. I know. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> um, it certainly means uh, a great start to the week. And look, a whole bunch of little things this episode. I think you're right. You call it a roundup because it is. We've got a, a ton of tips and tricks to get through. So nothing kind of in-depth and solid, just a whole bunch of little things that hopefully will give you a bunch of value. All right. Let's start with that inbound thought of the week, Craig. And that is improving your understanding of Google Analytics. You know, it's not often I um, give a shout out to the HubSpot blog for providing kind of a comprehensive guide to, you know, they do the ultimate guide to. There's too many blog posts that are the ultimate guide. Well, this one is. It's the Google Analytics um, by one of the SEO team at HubSpot, and it's oh, great reading. You know what? I think it's a bit of good pillar content, to be honest. It is actually, in a way. So it's really well broken down, and I, I would encourage everybody to actually skim through it at a minimum, but actually have a read and actually understand, find the things that you don't know much about. I know there are quite a few people I often talk to and they don't know things, different things about views. Maybe they haven't got goals set up. Maybe they don't have goal values set up. So there are so many things that you can do. And you showed me something great today about copying goals between views today. <laughs> oh, we'll use that as a tip in, a, in an upcoming episode. Yeah, look, this post, I think it's, you know, most people in analytics, they kind of understand channels where people are coming from and behavior. Yeah, sort of know what's, but then when they hit that conversion section, oh, it's all getting a bit scratchy. Yeah, that's right, out of my comfort zone kind of thing. So this is a great post for bringing that all together. So if you use Google Analytics and really want to understand it well, this is a great post to read. And in the next shot, we'll actually be talking a little bit more about reporting, but on the HubSpot side of things. Yes. No, I've got a bonus, Craig. Bonus. You know, have you have you been feeling that our inbound for the week just didn't have enough buzz? Was yeah, kind of lacking it buzz. Was missing the buzz for a while, I think. Missing the buzz. Well, great news. Moby's back. Moby's back. The inbound buzz podcast is back. I was listening to it on the on, in the car on the way over uh, this afternoon, and yeah, he's he's got a really good episode talking about Facebook's F eight developer conference which they had recently and some of the takeaways for marketers i won't spoil it but what i will say by the time this episode by the time you're listening to this is probably the end of may this is coming out we're recording it in the middle of may but by the end of the may you'll be getting this and by then everyone will have forgotten about the facebook f8 developer conference right so this is a great reminder actually check it out again because there's some really good stuff and start with Moby's podcast for a really good insight on where you should be spending time when it comes to facebook that's right. Can we share the spoiler? You can share the spoiler if you like. <laughs> well, if you thought Facebook Messenger was dead or is not relevant to your business, I'd think again. That's right. If you're trying to avoid Messenger, like I am, then you can't. You've got to, get, got to embrace it. That's right. Okay, onto our HubSpot marketing feature that we Craig. And this is a new course in the HubSpot Academy. It's about building custom reports in HubSpot. Let me just take take one step back. It's available for marketing professional and marketing enterprise customers, not starter or free. I think I actually went through some of this just like you have. And what are some of the key things that you picked up, Craig? Interestingly, the training starts out by talking about custom properties on contacts. 
And you might think, oh, hang on, I thought this was training about reporting. Here's the interesting way they approached it. The guy giving the training starts by saying, think of custom properties in light of how you're going to use them in reporting. So we set up custom properties for a range of reasons. Most people don't set them up thinking reporting in mind. He says, well, here's another thing you can do. Think about them for reporting. And then second, think about how you can use workflows to populate those custom properties for reporting. I thought it was a really good reminder because you get a whole bunch of -of out-of-the-box reports, right? Dealing with out-of-the-box HubSpot items. But he's saying, no, think about reporting. Think, plan it out. Custom properties are your friend for reporting. Think of them specifically in a reporting light. I think that's a really good insight and it only gets better from there in the training course goes through workflows, how to, and he gives some good examples of workflows used to set custom properties, like contact properties and things like that for reporting. Yeah, really highly recommend this. Yes. So I think this is important because it helps you get the result you want with very little effort. If you actually take the time up front to think about what's needed. Do you want to share one thing that in terms of using a workflow to increment a property perhaps or to Well, he gives a few examples. The one I liked was how you could say how they first arrived on the site. Yeah. So one of the things custom properties can do, which you can't really do in reporting, is you can pre-filter your results. So say someone comes on, like there's a first visited page, right? We know that. Now you could you could filter that in a smart list. Let's say, oh, you know, based on criteria. Yeah. Well, as part of a workflow, you could say, well, based on this criteria, I'll actually set this custom property because I know that custom property is going to be set and used in reports. So then you could run a report, which is like, which blog posts were first visited, you know, this, say this category yes. or this particular yep. range. Or for this month. Well, date range would be possible through some other properties. But yeah, he's just saying, if there was a specific kind of view that you wanted to have on, say, blog posts that were read or things like that, you could set custom properties as they're being visited via workflows to set that up for reporting. So that's a bit of a a contrived example in some ways. So I thought it was good for showing how things can be considered for future use. One of the ones we commonly use, Craig, is we have a lead source. So a lot of people would do other forms of marketing like letterbox drops, radio advertising, walking into a location that their shop is. And so we track all of that and we work out. So what we do is we combine, if it's online, we copy the property source from whatever the online source is and if it's offline then we check where did that originate from and then we we collect that data from whoever's in sales or whoever talks to the customer first we collect that and fill that property up with that yeah right so there's another example yeah of how we used in reporting actually i just thought of another one that he went through which i thought was quite good he talked about using workflows to clear properties yes so he gave the example say a deal is lost then you might want to clear out lead status on those contacts associated with the deal. Now you think, oh, why would you want to do that? Why? Because quite often lead status is used in reports. There's out-of-the-box reports that use it. And so if it's still got actually properties set that are no longer accurate, that skews reports. So use your workflows to clear out those properties. I thought that was a really good example as well. So it's not only the properties, but it's also using workflows to condition the data for better reporting. Okay. All right. On to our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is about sorting the deals on the deals dashboard. And I never really saw this because you often look at deals on the dashboard in the board view. You would just go along and have a look. And they're generally by create date or I think closing date. But you can actually sort it by different properties. So 
one of the things we were looking at is, well, how about sorting it by the amount from high to low? So you can see in each of the deal stages, which are the highest value deals in each of the stages working your way down. As yeah, an example. that's a really good tip. Can I ask you, do you normally use um, card view or do you use I, list view? I, I often use card view and I switch between. Right. See, it's interesting. I never use card view. Okay. I always use list view, but all my clients use card view yeah. or, or table view, whatever okay, it's called. Yes. Yeah, no one uses list view and I, that's all I use. Yeah, and, and then, of course, you could just click sort by. Well, yeah, you can. Um, I think... I think because my use case is different. Yeah. I think most sales of like people have tons more deals yes. that maybe that they're working on. And then the whole goal of a deal is to get it from this deal stage to the next stage rather than, you know, going from beginning to sold all in one mm-hmm. thing. It's all about table view. All I want to do with this deal is get it to the next stage. So that's the way they look at it in table view. I think that's why it's so popular with all our clients. But uh, I'm not sure why. Yeah. I've just had an epiphany. That's why I'm smiling. Have you? Okay. About, about something that I was doing for a client, which I think I can resolve. Follow this conversation. Yeah, right. We should, <laughs> a new epiphany of the week shot. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. On to the HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig. Just a quick one around video uploads. I was uploading some training videos I was doing. I was putting in the HubSpot portal for a client. Oh, I love training videos, probably, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Anyway, they're over a gig each. Yeah. HubSpot just spits the dummy when I try and anyway I was looking at that I was like oh is it over the limit anyway I looked up their knowledge base no supports up to two, two gig file size I thought <laughs> that should be fine and there's this little note but be beware anything over one gig might not work I'm just like <laughs> what is that like an unlimited data plan that's capped at a certain <laughs> it is a bit isn't it anyway so gotcha of the week if you've got any um, files over one gig yeah just they, they often fail. I, I eventually got one of them to work, but yeah, it was hit or miss. I don't know why. Keep your files smaller for video. All right, Craig, on to the marketing tip of the week. What does it mean when we say long tail query? Yeah, so you know this term long tail. Yes. Right, long tail terms. What did you think that mean? Does it mean lots of words in it or does it mean low search volume? Lots of words. Interesting. Yeah. If you go back to the origins of long tail, yes. it's related to volume. Yeah, right. So long tail meant low volume. And so right at that long tail, there's lots of terms that, that are, are low, low volume. volume. And by ranking for lots of those terms that are low volume, you get cumulative, maybe an increased volume. Yes. So it's, that's the long tail effect. Okay. And interestingly, it seems like the more people seem to think that long tail means longer. Longer keyword, keyword. yeah. And in some ways, there is a correlation because yes. you'd think, well, low volume people tend to be getting more specific. But actually, that's not always the case. And increasingly, there's high search volume on lots of key terms. So let's take a term like shoes, right? Do people just Google the term shoes? Well, people do. But then red shoes, do people search that? Well, maybe. Yeah. But actually, really specific terms around brands and sizing and near me and location and all of that are much more likely to be what people search for. People are getting smarter about how they search, so they don't start really broad. So long tail, um, a term for a specific kind of model of shoe, which has, say, five, six, seven words in it, very long specific keyword, they actually might have high volume. So that's actually no longer a long tail term. Mm. So anyway, I thought this was interesting. And the reason it's marketing tip of the week is because lots of marketers use the term long tail 
but maybe they mean different things. Correct. Not really wanting to say one's right or wrong, but it's more like needs clarifying. Yes. So if you're in chatting That's talking really about good. long tail, make sure you clarify what you mean. That's right. All right. Inside of the week, Craig, should you pay attention to your meta descriptions? And the answer is? Well, yes, you should. But here's some interesting uh, context to it. So this was a study. We've got a link to it. A very small study. So consider it anecdotal at best. However, useful for reflecting on meta descriptions. Now, we probably should explain or just recap what meta descriptions are. How would you describe a meta description? In the Google search results, you have the title, then you have the URL, and then that next probably two to three lines of text that you see, that's the meta description. Yeah, it is. And that often comes from the website because we can put that into the code behind a page and HubSpot's great at that. If you're ever editing a page, you can put the meta description or description in there. And we, maybe if you go back five years ago, whatever you put in there, Google would use. However, in recent years, maybe the last four or five years, Google's had more of a tendency to rewrite those. And so why this is interesting is this little study found that it was around a third of the the time Google was rewriting those. And they rewrite the the page titles as well. They're rewriting the metal descriptions. And they're saying, we've had this interesting finding that when you're on page two, and lower, you know, page three, page four, so don't rank as well, lower rankings, they tend to rewrite it more often. And if you're on page one, they tend to rewrite it less often. And there's almost this idea that if you're ranking well for it and your meta description matches the intent for the page and for what it's ranking for, it's like you've got your meta description intent aligned Yes. when it's not ranking so well. It might be because you've attempted to kind of write a meta description yeah. that isn't really on, you know, on intent yes. with actually what Google thinks the page is around. Yeah. So what's the takeaway from this? Because you might think, well, that's all, you know, seems a bit airy-fairy. What's the takeaway from Here's the takeaway. If you're seeing your meta descriptions being rewritten regularly, have a think through whether the intent of your page is what you think the description's about. Have a look because maybe Google's interpreting your page differently. And so with that in mind, make sure you write your meta descriptions as calls to actions and, you know, here's why you should come through as a benefit. Make sure the benefit that you're promoting in that description actually matches what the content's about. Because if you're just, you know, talking it up or, you know, trying to stuff another keyword in, Google's probably going to rewrite it for you. And what's the best way to actually look at that, Craig? How do you mean look at it? In like if, HubSpot if, I, if we wanted to have a look at your meta description, how would we know that Google's rewriting your meta descriptions? Oh, well, actually, clients are really good at, well, we we normally get clients saying, oh, why is Google showing this when here's my meta description? So you can just Google, say, a term that you think your page ranks for and you find your page. There are actually tools you could use. We won't go into that now, but often clients say, why has it said this? Why hasn't it used what I've written? And this is kind of what I'm going to go back to them. Well, maybe your meta description isn't actually what the page Mm. is about. And yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe they need more careful thought. All right, on to our thank you page of the week, Craig. And here's a good landing page. And this is how to conduct a technical SEO audit. And this is uh, from HubSpot. We're not actually going to talk about uh, what it's offering, but that's the landing page there, technical audit. But look at the thank you page. If you're in the show notes, folks, scroll down and you'll see the thank you page. I really like this thank you page. Here's the download. And what are they promoting? Training. They're promoting their training course, the HubSpot Academy. Okay. Have you noticed this? They're really pushing the HubSpot Academy. 
And I'd love to know the stats on that because I bet they're seeing much higher stickiness of people. Oh, yeah, great. Downloaded a PDF that I'll never read, like, you know, half people do. But, oh. Get someone in training. The upsell was the training. And you go into the training, you create an account, and you stick with it. All right. On to our resource of the week, Craig. And this is a great one. It's DaVinci Tools. It's a Chrome extension for marketing geeks to add functionality to Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, Google Ads, and Google Data Studio. So I was showing you this before. I think I was on Traffic Think Tank. I learned about this great extension. Adds a whole bunch of markups with, say, within Google Analytics. Yes. So uh, what I loved about it was like it started highlighting things in like a traffic light system. What was red, what was orange, what was green, what was yellow. And I thought that was pretty cool because it's very visual and helps you understand, understand a bit more about the data, especially if you're a very visual kind of person. So I'd encourage you to have a look at it because I think there's some really good things in there. All right. On to our quote of the week, Craig. So did you finish This Is Marketing yes, by have. Seth Godin? Yes. I'm still plowing my way through it. I, I listened to it. Yeah. Yeah, as an audiobook. So, Do you remember the chapter he had on status? Where he's talking about how people very interested in their status and very, what's the word, they pay attention to their own status, how they're perceived and things like that. As an insight into marketing, I thought it was really good. I mean, who, who would disagree with that? We exactly. All, we know and it's true. So that, here's the quote. If you look closely at decisions that don't initially make sense, you'll likely see status roles at work. The decision didn't make sense to you, but it made perfect sense to the person who made it. We spend a lot of time paying attention to status. And this is on page 124 from This Is Marketing by Seth. So a little takeaway there, you could appeal to status in your marketing in a good way. That's right. All right, we've got a few bonus links of the week. And it's a Medium article about hyper-verticalization. And disintermediation. So some buzzword (laughs) bingo there. I thought if you want to appear smart and and just, you know, pepper your next um, conversation with a beer over a beer with someone with these terms, then there's there's your way to go. So really it's about the hyper-verticalization of certain industries, Ian. Did you know that? Absolutely, Craig. That's exactly what we're seeing happening now, we'd love you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Could be as simply as pressing the five stars or whichever podcast player you listen to it. And we'd love you to catch us on Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, if you'd like to join our group and be a part of the community. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.